This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. We're going to look at faith from every side because um, I think often we, we, we know God, we know His Word, sometimes we just know His Word, and um, sometimes we find ourselves in life, in situations. And sometimes those situations, we've prayed according to truth. And they've unfolded quite differently. Um, I've had numerous ones, and I'm sure the ones I've had aren't the last, because there is an enemy on this planet who continually tests human viewpoint of God. Continually. So we are going to look at unhindered trust. Now what I encourage you is that you'll hear principles of Scripture. Many of them will be familiar to you. Don't go there. Don't go to, oh, yes, you know, almost like let's tick our boxes. I've, I've got that one good. Because God is that vast that with every principle that is in biblical truth, he did not give us this book so that we would read it, memorize a few truths, and then put it aside. And so say no condemnation. Um, I make no apology for being a teacher. And, and I think that we have come to a place in our community here and so to go to the next level with our own revelation of what it is to both walk with God and to trust Him. Because there are people out there in the world who have never met Him. Some who don't even realize that a good, good Father exists. That a Savior's life was given for them. There are people, we assume people, because especially if you've grown up in church, you assume people know and have heard the name of Jesus. There are people that have not heard the name of Jesus, except in a cuss phrase. There are children that have grown up in homes, and they've only heard God's name from their father or mother with profanity. We can't imagine that. I have no context for that, because I am, I mean, generations back is Christianity in my lineage. Um, but I also realize each generation learned more and more. And so it wasn't this Christian walk, one foot in front of the other. It's this beautiful array of each generation going as far as they could go. That's what's happening here in So. And that's what's happening in Living Faith, is that the teaching of trusting God, of hearing from God, of getting His Word in a situation, some of it by going to chapters and verses and meeting Him there. I want you to know, I can say this because it's the promise of this book, you will never open this book and go to it that He doesn't meet you there. Now, you may not realize he's there. You may not realize he's speaking to you, but he will never have you open this book that he doesn't literally begin to move within you, on you, around you, because it is God's precious desire to inform us of his faithfulness and love for us. Okay, y'all with me? So um, for about four to six weeks, um, God's been talking to me about 
you know, coming into some very um, seemingly simplistic but very foundational components. Because I think sometimes when we have been raised with a foundation, we think the foundation's sound, let's just leave it and go on from there. And what we don't realize is that there is weather. There, is, there are storms. There are quakings of our earth. You know, my life has some earth in it. So there's quaking of earth. There, um, there's lightning strikes. There's just all kinds of weather in life that will affect the foundation of a home. Age. Not chronological age of us, the age of the home. The age of the foundation, maybe the age of the revelations, and we've never really allowed God to reign on them some more. You ever gotten, say no condemnation. You ever gotten a revelation and you just think, oh, I really like this, and you keep it in your pocket, and you're like, you know, when, when the situation arises, and you know, that's that revelation, and you apply it there. And then you just sort of get to the place where you just feel safe in your Christianity. Say no condemnation. It's human nature. It's just human nature. God knew that. Didn't God know that? I mean, does anything surprise him? Nothing surprises him. So we're, we're going to look at aspects because I, I'm convinced that some people have never really understood the nature of God and the nature of the antithesis of God, his enemy. Because he's very tricky and very seductive. He doesn't have revelation. And actually, all that the enemy ever uses is God's laws, God's principles. But he uses them with a negative bent. And that's what happened at the fall, a negative bent. Man became a man of two minds. This is, this is what's so, uh, and I've said this a lot, and you've probably heard it from other teachers that teach in the school, but we are built to be filled. We are built to conceive from God. He's painted the picture that our relationship with him, our relationship with Jesus is a bridegroom and a bride. He's painted all these pictures that, that paint us as receivers to conceive things, to have um, the land of our existence changed when he comes with seed. I mean, when, you, when a woman conceives a baby, the whole household changes. Nothing will ever be the same. It's beautiful. But some of what happens there is why he takes us back to the word and says, trust me. Because you're raising little humans who also have the right of free will. And you're surrounded by neighbors who are humans in the image of God who also have the right of free will and choice. And so God says he intends to cover this planet with his glory and his presence like the waters cover the seas. And I promise you tonight, he's not doing it out of a vacuum. He's doing it through his body. So we're built to be filled. As I've been pondering this stuff for these weeks, one of the things that, a statement that came to me the other day was, as life unfolds, our identity is formed. 
You know, we hate the things that unfold sometimes in life. And yet God uses those things that the enemy means to mess with us. And he says, I'll form your identity in this. I'll show you who you really are. A 10-foot giant was part of the forming of David's identity. Who are you? You uncircumcised Philistine that you would come against the armies of God. I mean, that, that, that's not just natural confidence. That's the spirit of God. You might say, well, that was the Old Testament. Yeah. The spirit hovers all the time over situations. Somebody release the word. Somebody release the will of God and I'll move on it. And I'm telling you guys, we're going to go into some stuff over the next weeks. I encourage you. I'm like already sitting there at home and I'm like, I've been in this house for 32 years. And I'm like, teach me. Teach me more. Because I don't have it all going on in my life. I've still got negativity that torments me. I've got situations that every once in a while they'll creep up and I'm just like, I thought that was done. But you see, there's an enemy that knows exactly where to pick on you, exactly who to have talk to you about what kind of trash. (laughs) Knows exactly which part of the news you should walk through the room and hear. I'm being extreme, but we need to understand there is an enemy. If you think there is not an enemy because God is good, you are wrong. God is good. But his goodness and his gracing to us is because he intends that we thrive against all enemies. So we're going to look at 1 Peter 5.8. Go with me to 1 Peter 5.8. We're going to go to some scriptures and some of them you're going to say, oh, I know this one. I mean, you may know the reference. You may say, oh, I know exactly where Kathy's going. Go there, Kathy. Go. The people need to hear this. Kathy needs to hear this. I was so excited the other day when, it, when he literally was like, go into Peter. Just go into the books of Peter. These two books, these books are built to cause you to thrive in the midst of turmoil. So I'm going to go to chapter five. Some of you knew that. And um, do I want to... Yeah, I'm going to do the passion. So bear with me while I get to that scripture. But seriously, when you hear familiar scriptures, please allow your mind. Some of the worship that Asia did was so powerful because this is what happens. Worship, worship is not a time frame where we have musicians on the platform and singers and, and we close our eyes and get goosebumps. I'm going to tell you, one of the grandest worships for God is to go to his word. And the worship that we just did musically literally prepares you. Prepares you, relaxes you. It literally causes your mind to focus on him to look them in the face. You know when you're communicating with someone, it's such powerful communication if you look people in the eyes when they talk to you. You know, when when you're with close friends and you just kind of sit close and you're just talking and talking and talking and God wants us 
to look him in the face when he talks to us. And so some of that happens when we have musical worship first. He's worthy of honor and praise, yes, but he also knows that in that place, when we begin to lift our hearts to him, lift the praise to him, we are in a positive energy field. Just just hear what I'm saying. Don't think, okay, that's what they talk about in New Age. New Age got it from us. Because the Holy Spirit is the force and energy of God. So when they talk about energy, oh, they tap into some energies, but it's not holy. Sometimes I think they accidentally tap into some of what is holy, but they don't know it's holy, so they don't worship God for it. Somebody's flipping out right now. Go ahead. You know, sometimes we've got to let ourselves flip out and think somebody's teaching crud. Go to your Bible. Go to your Bible, because there are places where the teaching of the Holy Spirit says the energeia of God, that's the Greek, the energy of God moves through the earth, looking for a place to channel into situations. Human access, because we have authority. Okay, so let's go to 1 Peter 5, and um, am I at the right place? Yeah, I'm going to, um, I think I'm going to start at verse 6. It says, if you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. You know, bow, bow low isn't just talking about get on your face, you know, get on your knees in worship and that kind of stuff. But when we let our will begin to bow under the influence of his That's a bowing low. We take some of these things and we make religious forms and practices out of them. It's like, no, no, when when his awesome presence, you allow yourself to just sort of come underneath the influence of it. Verse seven says, pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. Anybody have a challenge leaving them there? I'm gonna put up two hands. Because sometimes situations unfold so rapidly or so extremely or so viciously that it's kind of hard to not think about them. Leave them there, for he always tenderly cares for you. Anybody ever sat there and thought, you are not tenderly caring for me? You're not tenderly caring for me. I know one thing. He doesn't always tenderly care for me the way I want him to tenderly care for me. Sometimes he tenderly cares for me by telling me the truth that I've chosen to sit in a crazy place. Okay, verse 8. This is where you've probably, you know, heard it from King James or New King James. But in the Passion, it says, be well balanced and always alert because your enemy, the devil, the slanderer, the liar, that's who he is. Darkness is lies, slander. It's always slandering your identity and God's. You see, if if he can slander God's identity and you don't think God's really faithful to you, you'll never grasp your own identity because you're made in the image of God. Um, I'm going to throw this out there because it just came across the screen of my mind. Um, The scripture that says that um, he made man a little lower than the angels. Well, the word there for angels isn't really about angels. It's Elohim. So he he made us like right there with God. You, You are not a normal creature. 
You're not like the angelic beings. They're not more powerful than you. We need to understand, we need to begin to get a grip on the level of influence and authority that actually belongs to us. Okay, are you with me? Okay, so be well balanced and always alert because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly. Incessantly, I love that word. I mean, he's like, sometimes I think, okay, he's not around anymore, I've got a grip. And then I get a, I get a thought. You know those thoughts? Those thoughts? You know when those thoughts come sometimes for me? I wake up in the middle of the night. I got to, you know, like I drink a lot of water. So I wake up in the middle of the night. And then a thought comes. Because I, I'm like a thinker. Like this is, there's always something happening here. Oh, this is never blank. So a thought comes. Incessantly. So he roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looks for its prey to devour. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. I always think I'm doing that. <laughs> I always think I'm doing that. And then I wonder why I feel so creepy. Apparently I'm not using it. For you know that your, your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles you endure. I mean, human. We're humans. We're all experiencing the same kind of stuff. Hi, guys. Welcome. We're all, I mean, humans experience stuff. Families, you may think your family's the only one that has some of the experiences you're having. Not true. Not true. Other families are having experiences too. We all, humans have experiences. Okay. Same kinds of troubles you endure. And then after your brief suffering, this is like, tuck yourself under God, come a little lower, recognize there's an enemy, but there's also a heavenly father who wants to alert you to how the enemy works with you. I've learned how he works with me. I'm going to learn some more about how he works with me. Um... Then after your brief suffering, some of that speaks of endurance, some of it speaks of um, growing and maturing. You know, when, when you suffer, when God is walking with you and you literally stand the test, you stand, you let God strengthen you, you even when you're saying, I don't know what the heck's going on, and you might say something a little bit more emphatic than what the heck, um, you're human, okay? We're, we're not scrutinizing every detail in here. Okay, we're talking about our own humanity and the fact that God is good and the enemy's a creep. Okay, and he comes, he messes with all kinds of people. Some people think, well, he's not messing with me, I just get a little angry now and then. Um, and then after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace, remember that grace is um, an empowerment. The gracing from God that comes to us, he knew what would be on this planet before he ever set Adam in the garden. He knew the creep was already there. He knew hell was already there waiting in that garden for Adam and for what would unfold, Eve, family life, all that. He knew what was there. But there was a gracing. Relationship with God causes a gracing to come on you to be able to handle anything, anything that happens on planet earth. This is why the scriptures say nothing is impossible with God. You know, 
what is some of the most powerful stuff that God has to deal with, take a deep breath because I'm going to blow your socks with this one, is our will. We say, well, nothing's impossible to him and there's nothing God can't do. But I want to tell you, if you stand up against what he's trying to bring to you, to bring insight, he can't move past it. I mean, he could force you, but he's chosen to make an, an, a being in his image and give us authority. So technically on the planet, the authority's in our hands. We love to say God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Yes, but where's the body going to be that he's going to do it with? We, we give God embodiment. I mean, please, guys, if you don't hear anything else I say tonight, we give God embodiment. We give God vocal cords. Hands and feet, touch. When, when we touch people, when we hug people, when we listen to people, when we're compassionate, when we're kind, God stepped on the scene. Jesus said, when healing comes near you, the kingdom has come near you. The kingdom. If the kingdom has come near us, if good things come near us, who is near us? I think sometimes we've got to quit putting God so far away or Jesus so high up on a pedestal that we can't imagine that he would stand up inside of us and speak truth to people that need truth. Or even to just stand against and say, I mean, some of the things... I, no condemnation if you're one of these people that I'm about to say. I'm not thinking of anybody in this room. But I hear Christians say things about this nation and, and horrible things about this nation. And I'm like, God would never say that about America. Not, he would never, it it's not in his vocabulary. Some of the things that I hear Christians say. I'm like, oh God, help me God. Help me. I mean, because some of the thoughts, they go around in our brain, don't they? When we see things and we hate it, and we, then we start hating the people that do them, and, and then we get political-minded, and, and, and God's like, you're choosing a side. You were already on a side, the winning side. Don't be against people. I'm not even going to say, I'm just saying, God's saying, there, there is a way. People say, well, no one will ever get along on the planet. I'm not going to say that either. Do you understand that you are the prophetic voice on the planet? Okay, so the God of loving grace who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Now remember, this is after you've got these things coming against you from the enemy. He says, I'll be in there with you. And yes, you're going to have to walk through some, I've got a picture in my head of what the word is, stuff. You know the license place, stuff happens, but it wasn't stuff the way it was spelled. Stuff happens on this planet. But he says, I'm going to be with you in every detail of that stuff and if you will trust me, if you can believe me, if you will stick with me, I'm going to bring you through and you'll be shocked. But you are going to have an endurance place you're going to have to walk. Is it because he needs more time? Come on, guys. I'm, I'm gonna, is it because God needs more time to do miracles? No. He could do it like that. And this is the cool thing. He could do it like that through us. 
through us. I mean, he, he gives us power to take, take our minds in reign and take our thoughts captive. There are things that the Apostle Paul taught that we think, oh yeah, yeah, that's so good. Yes, taking every thought captive, bringing it in obedience to Christ. That's wonderful. And so then we make our confession over a situation. Stick with me on this because I'm telling you what's gonna be taught over the weeks. I mean, basically God said, I want you to step into the teaching of trust and faith indefinitely. You do know that God only does what we need. So apparently, we need. So he will help you personally and powerfully. Those are key words right there, personally. He'll help you personally. Because we're gonna look at principles from scripture, even this about the enemy. You don't have to view the enemy the way I do. God wants to talk to you about the way the enemy deals with you how he tricks you, where he may have gotten in, perspectives you may have that did not come from from God or scripture, they came from life. And so it's very personal how he wants to use the principles that we're gonna study over the next months. He wants to use it personally. He's not gonna make you a clone. I, I I wanna set you free tonight, you're not gonna be made a clone. You're not gonna be made to look like anybody else in the room. He's going to teach each of us how each of us individually can walk with him. Yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up. And he has all the power needed to do this forever. And added there is amen. You know what amen means? So be it. So be it. I mean, we don't say amen like the end at the end of a sentence. Amen in scripture means so be it. God means this. He's not playing. He wants us to understand there is an enemy. If you can understand that there's an enemy arrayed against you, you won't always go into condemnation and guilt and shame. If you understand that, yes, you may have yielded to something from darkness, but you were tricked. He knew exactly some of the tricks in how he used with, uses with some of us in this day literally have been coming down through our lineage of generations in our own family for hundreds of years. Some of our tendencies, some of our inclinations, some of our viewpoints and perspectives on Christianity have come from relatives that were in religious Christianity and were never taught about the power or an enemy or the fact that God will be with you. It, it won't always change instantly. But that's why the psalmist wrote Psalm 23. Though I walk through the valley, it doesn't say the valley of death, the valley of the shadow of death, something that feels like death. Ever walk through something that feels like death? Sometimes you walk through that and you lose somebody. So death is there. But the point is, death would like to keep overshadowing you. The enemy would like to keep overshadowing you with the grief of that. Because then he didn't just steal one life. He stole more. Oh my goodness. I literally, I've got to take a drink and just, I got to, I got to have a brain breather. No, seriously, I'm like so serious. God is so gracious. He, he's coming. We're going to have a blast in all of this. Some of it is going to rock us. Some of us is going, some of it's going to make us say, oh my gosh, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. I really, I thought I was behaving properly there. 
No condemnation, don't even go there. Don't get on your face, oh, I'm gonna repent, repent. Just repent, turn around. He gives you a new word, just turn. That's it, you know? When GPS says, you know, it like recalibrates, you don't sit there and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I missed a turn. Oh, I'm so sorry, Siri, blah, blah, blah. No, we just go to the next turn. It says, turn, make a U-turn, come back, now take a left instead of a right. That's all we do. We don't sit there and freak out like, I cannot believe I missed the turn. Shut up and just turn a different way. You know? I saw parts of Manassas one time. There was an accident on, on the 66 exit. And so I, I turned on Waze and... Um, it took me down, I don't know, something, and then it took me through all these neighborhoods, and I, I made up my mind that I am not gonna think about when I get to work. I'm practicing ways, like beyond my norm. I don't know where ways is gonna take me, and I think it took me ridiculous places because it kept recalibrating, you know, like it would say something, like this is gonna extend your journey 10 minutes. Then it would recalibrate and have me take another turn. And, <laughs> and then I'm literally sitting in traffic on 234, and um, Grace and Heather text me and say, are you sitting on 234? And I said, yeah, and they said, we see you from the bank, we're in the bank. But anyways, that was my brain breather. You guys good? That was my brain breather. Okay, so we just looked at all this passage of scripture. Here's something for you to think about. Okay, I'm gonna read you something I wrote in my notes. You know how I am, sometimes I read you what's in my notes and it's like, good grief the time. That's not what the note. <laughs> Often it's not just the adverse circumstances that are the enemy's greatest pressure against us, but the perception and perspective he gives us concerning the circumstance. Sometimes things are literally made worse because of how we feel about it, how we think about it, how often we think about it. Are you with me? We let darkness into our life experiences in very casual but powerful ways. This is why it's imperative to learn the ways of God. How many in this room believe you're walking in the ways of God? I'm gonna put up two hands because I, re I really think I am. But sometimes I find out, oh, whoops, yeah. Whoop, like, I wasn't doing it there. I prayed right, I made a good confession of the situation, but then I talked trash because I was ticked. I'm just saying. Okay, so let's go to Matthew 18. Matthew 18. I'm going to encourage you. If you're not a person that studies your Bible, just start going there. Like, God will teach you how to study it. If you're a person that doesn't even open your Bible or your app, be prepared to meet your enemy more. I'm not, I'm not prophesying, I'm just saying, this book, as antiquated as it can feel to many people, literally, like I said at the beginning, he meets you here with this book and fellowships and will take seemingly cuckoo scriptures written in weird languaging and he'll start talking to you. And he'll start giving you inclinations and intuition and perspectives and you will feel your interior lift. That's important to learn. When am I feeling lifted inside? When, when do I sense hope? Sometimes it's just the beginning of something. Like for a split second, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. The devil will never give you that. Ever had that split second, the light at the end of the tunnel, and then it's gone. The light feels like it's gone. Ever had that? I have. 
rejoice that you saw that split second of light because there's more. There's more. So Matthew 18, we're going to start at, um, am I in the right place? Um, Where do I want to go? Well, it starts out, Jesus talking about, you know, if your brother treats you wrong, all that stuff, and how to, how to come to an agreement with, you know, it's, it's about agreeing, being able to agree instead of being mad at each other and all this stuff. But there's some powerful stuff here. In verse 18, Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. I want to talk to you for a minute about agreement because I said a little bit ago about how, you know, I've had times where I'll pray over a situation and I pray right and I've, I've got good scriptures that God's ministered to me maybe even through the years. And, but then I'll get agitated or whatever. And so I begin to think differently. And when I begin to think differently, I start having conversations inside my thinker and When those conversations are inside my thinker, Matthew 12, Jesus taught that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. So whatever's like ticking around up here, it's going to come out. You know, like if you're really ticked off at somebody and you're angry, you may well end up biting them because if you stay there angry, it won't stay inside. It'll come out. And you might not say anything or do anything, but it emanates out. Like you can give, I can give looks that you would wish I had just smacked you. Ask Neil. (laughs) But anyways, okay, so agreement. So sometimes we think we've agreed with God. We've got the chapters and verses. We've got, we know the doctrine. We're alert and aware. This, this is God's promise. But then, you know, we just want to sort of, sort of, I'm going to do some Christian behaviors, you know, like some of the things we do. I'm going to call a friend and I just want to fill him in on what's really going on in this situation. That's not a sin. Okay. But sometimes the conversation goes beyond just telling them this has busted loose and it sucks and this is what's going on. And it becomes an hour conversation and then it becomes they check in on you every day because we just want to pray for you. And then you actually end up coming into agreement with the enemy with negativity. You see, this scripture says that if two agree on something, it's going to happen. Now there's an enemy that would love to trick us into agreeing with him. Trick us into talking trash about our situation, ourselves. Even he will talk to us about, you know, this word really doesn't work. It's not worked for me. I got some situations. I'm going to be honest with you. I ain't seen it work yet in in a couple of situations. But then walking that path, I've got to say, okay, so where is my relationship with you in this God? How are you going to talk to me in this? How are you going to keep me from falling apart and, and losing my faith, losing my trust? Because unhindered trust doesn't mean you're always going to feel like you're full of trust. But when you never let go of him, you feel him nudge you back. You feel him say, I know you're thinking about that. I know how disturbing this is for you, but go back to the words I gave you. He's going to fellowship with you again in that place. Sometimes I've gone back to scriptures again and again. Sometimes you look at them, they feel blah, they feel flatlined. I might as well be hooked to one of those things in a hospital and just going, eh. 
And I'm saying, your word is supposed to bring me life, God. And what I've realized is I have to go there and know it is bringing me life. I don't feel it yet, but I'm in the process of resuscitation. So the power of agreement, we are always either, oh my gosh, take a deep breath, okay? Just, just breathe. We are always either agreeing with God or the enemy when we release words, attitude, and actions. We can all just, I mean, like if you're Catholic, Jesus, seriously, like we need to understand there's only two kingdoms. There's only, there's only the God of light and life and peace and joy. And then when I'm not literally like saying, help me, Jesus. I mean, sometimes I can't even hardly pray in tongues. I'm just like, Jesus. Some of the situations, you know, like when our grandson was sick, there were days all I could do was say the name of Jesus. I mean, when you look at a baby, Going through that, it's like, seriously, Jesus? Are you kidding me? I mean, you, that's what you, th what? It doesn't seem right, does it? It's not. God says the same thing. It's not right. But he says, I will walk with you through those situations. Every one of them. But how do we learn that? We practice it. We practice going to his word. Language links things together. It communicates our true belief. I encourage you, practice listening to, and not with condemnation. Don't beat yourself up. Please, no beating up. Promise me, like raise your hand. You swear you're not gonna beat yourself up. Nobody's gonna, don't beat yourself up. Because you can't learn if you're gonna feel all the time pressured to perform. It's not about performing. It's about walking with God. It's about letting God teach us, letting God open the eyes of our understanding, letting God comfort us when we are disillusioned or, or disheartened or we feel like it's not, it doesn't work, Jesus. And he's like, okay. Do you think he doesn't get that we feel that way? Do you honestly think the Lord Jesus Christ who walked this planet and was treated like crap do you, uh, and was crucified? We have no, you got to read some historians to find out what crucifixion really was like. Seriously. Do we really think he doesn't know what it's like? He walked with 12 disciples that were a trip and a half. I mean, Peter literally cussed and act crazy at a fire one night when they were trying to link him to Jesus. He said, I don't even know it and said some cuss words. That's what the, the original language, like he actually cussed to act like he didn't know Jesus because he was scared to be linked to him. And then Jesus, so he's got friends treating him, you know, like he's like, like that. Do you think he didn't think, this is what you give me to change the world? <laughs> and then he's treated horrible, like his family doesn't even like him. They're mad at him because he loves his disciples more than them. Think of the perceptions. We think we have dysfunction now. Come on, guys. Humans are humans. Jesus was a human. I'm sure he got disappointed. Like really disappointed. He got tired. That's how he met the woman at the well. He was tired. He was hot. He'd probably been up praying all night long, and then he gets and he has to go do ministry, and so he's at the well with an interesting lady. Thirsty. His disciples went into town while he rested to get food. Come on. He was human. He gets it. So language 
gives us a clue on our true belief. If, if, you, if you've got some crazy languaging going on, just say, oh, maybe even like laugh. You know the nervous laugh we can do when we realize like, oh, <laughs> I'm wrong. Oh, Jesus, I'm going to do some nervous laugh with you because I see some spaces where, okay, my language sucks. I'm not talking cuss words, guys. I'm talking about, you know, like the difference between healing, health talk, or peace, comfort, that kind of stuff. I'm not talking. That's the least of some of our worries. So language also, it seeds the material realm with either life or death. And you can just make a note of Proverbs 18.21 because it says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death. Um, I'm going to zoom through to some things. Nothing's impossible with God. What does it really mean to have faith? So when we look at faith, because unhindered trust, that's what it's about. It's about faith. So faith is trust beyond all else. That's, that's what faith really is. It's not just trust like, oh, I trust my girlfriend. She won't tell anybody. No, it's, it's like trust, like beyond. Like, it doesn't make sense. It's confidence or belief that is unmoved, immovable, persuaded beyond what seems logical. Like, have you ever been so convinced of something and, and people just think you're crazy? It might even be like where you're going to go in your life, like something really phenomenal you want to do with your life. And you're just completely persuaded, but it's not logical because you don't even know how you'll get the training. You, maybe you've got a family and they don't have the money to send you to school. And you're just like, I know, I'm going to do this. I've, this is in my heart. God will give you faith for things like that even because he wants people in all areas of human existence on this planet. It's belief built out of the power of persuasion. That's what real faith is. It's belief built out of the power of persuasion. Who's the persuader? You tell me, who's the persuader? God. What does God use to persuade us? Communication, language, words. Where's a place we can enter in when we're not sure how we hear him? Biblical truth. And I encourage you, if, if you're like, uh, some of the translations, get one you understand. Don't, don't let anybody like, are, there are better translations than others, but the point is, go to God. We're not trying to be theologians. We want to be humans that are able to handle life on planet Earth, right? So if the passion works for you, if, if um, NIV works for you, if the message works for you, just find it and go meet him there. And, you know, with our phones, I mean, you young people, you, can, you know how to pull up stuff from anywhere. Just pull it up. Pull it up. I promise you, he's going to mess with you in a good way. Yes, so that's faith. Biblical faith is quite different from natural faith. And I'm throwing this in there. It's different from church faith. Church faith is not personal. Church faith is not bad. It teaches us the doctrines but it also can indoctrinate us and make us feel bound to where our personality can't even interact with God like we would interact with God. And then there's natural faith, you know? Like you come into so every week and we're getting more and more comfortable with each other so you've kind of, you've got trust, faith that I can worship the way I want. You know, if I want to get on my face, I can. If I want to go pray for somebody, I can. You know, that's a form of faith too. 
And yeah, God will get in that faith too, but you know what I mean. Sit on a chair. You know, you believe a chair will hold you. That's a, a type of trust. And there's persuasion, like you've sat on the chair before, so now you're fully persuaded. I can sit on this chair. That's natural faith. But God, he's built us, he's built us to be persuaded. <laughs> I love it. And we'll all be persuaded differently. Like you may have totally different um, convictions and persuasions and even revelations than me. But you're going to walk in different places than me, right? Okay. Hebrews 10, 17. Uh, not Hebrews 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. The word says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by fellowshipping with God. You fellowship with him in the word. Faith is not just coming from biblical truth. Faith is coming from your interactions with God through biblical truth. He'll, he'll talk to you. You'll start to feel more confident. Ever done that? You've sort of gone to different scriptures or maybe somebody gave you a scripture and you started feeling a little bit more secure. Anybody ever had that? Or maybe even like the psalmist will be singing and they're singing songs that are the word, you know? And you just start to feel different. Like you might've come in here feeling really funky and work sucked and, and, or, you know, something went on with mom and dad or a friend or anything. And you're just like, I don't even wanna be here. Anybody ever come into worship like that? Like smiling, you know, and like, and you're sitting there thinking, God, when is this over? <laughs> human, you're human. You're just human. But he might use something. He might use a song and you just sort of feel inside touched. Like, mm, I like this melody, you know? The guys got on a groove when Maddie led last week. Just a, just a vibe. Like, I was, it sounds crazy, but I was digging the vibe. I was just like, hmm because their hearts were flowing with life. You know, life doesn't always look like church. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I mean, sometimes life is just cool and fun and people have anointings. There are people out there that don't know Jesus yet and they're anointed. They've got anointings on their lives. I mean, they're making millions, they're selling records, they're making movies, and some of them are gifted. We gotta learn to know people after the Spirit. And go tell him, did you know you, like, you are so good. This must be God. How do you think, I mean, evangelism doesn't always have to look like, I'm not going to use the denominational tag, but it doesn't always have to look like Tuesday visitation. Sometimes it looks like friendship. Okay, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm going to tweak that for a minute. I got six minutes. That's cool. Is that my alarm? Let me know, Barry. <laughs> Is that my alarm? No, I'm just joking. Um, so if faith comes by hearing, faith can go by not hearing on a continual basis. It doesn't really mean that God is taking it away from you, but it gets weaker. Like if you're a weightlifter and you, you work properly and you're doing all this stuff and you get muscles, if you don't continue that, then it can be worse than before you began to lift weights. Well... The natural always manifests things that also happen spiritually. So know that it can go. If you're feeling not so strong in different areas, then talk to God about how to build your faith in that particular area with that situation. Hebrews 11.3, listen to this. Now faith is the substance, you could say realization, of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by faith, and the Greek word is pistis, it's a, that 
fully persuaded belief, that confidence, that I'm like way persuaded, you know? By faith, the elders obtained a good testimony, like they, they had power to walk in a certain lifestyle. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So worlds have been framed. God is speaking to us in that verse for us to understand, you can frame your world. You see, God framed the world with his words, with his faith, with his desires. Man fell and began to tend and keep it differently than God intended. Man began to have fear, doubt, worry, and began to handle things differently than he would have when he was graced with the words coming only from God. Now he's got two different, he's got to choose. Who do I listen to here? Anybody feel like that sometimes? Like, who do I listen to? I, I feel this over here, and then I feel like I could always ha- also handle the situation this way. What seems best inside you pertaining to how God might want you to handle it? Don't freak out over, what if I make the wrong mistake? God's still there with you. We got to practice choice. We don't learn how to make good choices by sitting there paranoid and frozen and paralyzed, not making a choice. Just like when little kids learn to walk and all, and they have to make the choice to let go of that table. And, and that, but then they want mommy or daddy to hold their hand. They, we have to say, no, I'm going to step back, but I'm right here. God does the same thing with us. We have to practice making choices. He wants us to mature in choice making. Um, so I had said that faith is a substance. We need to understand that substance is something substantial. When God's talking about faith or belief or trust, unhindered trust is substantial. You think it's not a big deal whether you trust God or not. Let me tell you something. It's a big deal when you arrive at a situation like what our family arrived at, and that was one of many situations we've had through our years of of coming to truth, coming to God, and walking with Him, and you probably have many stories too. You want to know that faith is substantial when everything is screaming at you. The deal is done. I mean, it could be financial for you. It could be with work. It, it could be even with, even with church. Sometimes people just are so done with church. So like, because it really isn't about church. It's just not about church. It's about relationship with God. If we come to a church that doesn't teach us that you can have your own relationship with God, don't go there. I'm not dissing churches. I'm just saying... It is about personal relationship. God is an individual God to individual humans. You with me? So substance, that in that, in that particular verse, it's substantial. And the word framed, how are you framing your daily existence? Everything that you see and experience has been brought into existence Gosh, this is going to trip us out. Through believing and saying, this is how creation works. God said, let there be. He brought things into existence. Humans tend and keep. They tend and keep, sometimes not the way God wants us to tend and keep. And so the things that have gotten perverted on the planet, it's not God punishing mankind. 
You, you need to understand that. God doesn't use adverse situations to punish mankind. God corrects mankind with this. And his voice. And the reason that we always will point you to the Bible is because that will cause you to know, and we're going to look at this through this whole development of faith, the character and the nature of God. When you know the character and nature of God, you can know just by looking into a situation, that is not of God. That is not of God. And you may find yourself in the middle of situations, and it's horrendous, and it's heart-wrenching. But God says, nothing's impossible, and I'm going to teach you to trust me in ways that you will hear me so clearly that your conversation and your viewpoint of that will start to change, and you will begin to shift things. Um, so we're, we're going to delve deeper into all these things. Are, are you feeling like, okay, this is going to be a journey I think we're going to have fun with. It's going to be adventure. Sometimes it'll be fun, and sometimes it's going to feel kind of like, and even as teachers, like, be prepared for because sometimes we're going to be like, because we're like, you don't teach it without going through it, you know? So I want to, I want to address one more verse. Um, I want to go to, I'm going to close with this, so give me just about two or three more minutes. Hebrews 11.6, because I want to nail something to the wall, because I've heard this scripture taught, and I hate how it's taught. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Verse 6 of 11, chapter 11 of Hebrews, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I do believe we are supposed to, to believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently see, seek him, but it's not because he's just happy with him and he thinks, you're such a good girl, Kathy, you're such a good girl. And when I don't do faith or I don't you know, I have funky thoughts or feelings or whatever. He's not sitting there turning his back. We may have had parents. I had wonderful parents, but when they were displeased with me, I knew it. I knew it. And I remember I lied to my mom once. And when I was a teenager, I went somewhere I wasn't supposed to. We'd come home. My girlfriend basically blurted out something that mom knew exactly where we'd been because of what she ate. They only served these things at the drive. Some of y'all don't even know what a drive-in theater is. But anyways, it was a very illicit place to go in my day. Anyways, I wasn't allowed to go there, and we went, and we had a ball. And we ate shrimp rolls. Anyways, so Linda Tett says it, and my mom just looked at me. For three days, she didn't speak to me. God would never do that. Mom was displeased with me. See, performing correctly doesn't please God. That whole scripture there, what the pleasing God is about, it's about satisfying a style of living he has given to us as a gift. It's about fulfilling like the covenant role, like when we walk where we're supposed to walk, he says, oh, I'm so happy because you're going to be safe. It's not that he's happy with us. It's not that he's pleased or displeased with us. He's pleased that, oh my goodness, Kathy's going to be safe. And so his heart is just like, and, and you will feel, feel that pleasure when he's like, please, not because you performed perfectly, but because you're safe or you're getting safer. I want to encourage you. Thanks for giving me some extra minutes, but I encourage you, be open in what we're going to go into now. We're all going to let God show us, how do I grow stronger in how I handle my walk on planet earth. 
because there are many discouraging things going on all around us. Some of us already have things that have walked up in our lives years ago, and we're still working them out, working them out. Keep working them out. Keep going to Him. Be honest with Him. Talk to Him when you feel like, I just don't, I don't feel like you've got my back. Because He, he already knows you're thinking that. Like, it's, it's not like He says, oh, you're kidding. I thought I was being kind to you. He has been kind to us, but it's like he's not shocked. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He knows every discouragement I have. And he says, honestly, Kath, if you will talk to me about it, you'll feel less discouraged. If you will let me show you how I want you to trust me and how I have entrusted you and pers- with the power of persuasion and influence. You see, that's the power that if we could realize he's entrusted us with running a planet, guys, like, boing, you know, the blow your mind emoji, like, seriously, I know me, I know the things I think, I know the things I say in my brain, and I'm going to tell you what, most of you church people would think she would never say that, yes, I do, and sometimes it comes off the lips, I'm I'm just not going to lie, I'm just done with all that stuff, like, this is what a Christian looks like, I'm seriously so done with that. I'm, I'm like, I like love you guys and I trust you guys. I'm so done with that. I'm so done because the world looks at that and they're like, you act like us, we go to work with you. And then you get in there on Sunday or you come like on Monday and then by Friday you're like, <laughs> and we're cussing people out and even if we don't, they can feel it coming at them when we walk in, the, you know, so let's get real. Let's get real. Let's just be real and say, you know, God, if you don't like some of this stuff about me, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you use my personality the way you want. But I'm going to tell you all, it is going to take some disciplines. It's going to take some disciplines because there is a way to walk as God wants us to walk. But remember, it's not to perform for him or anybody else. It's that we would be safe that we would be secure, that we would be undaunted by the you-know-what that's happening all around us on the planet. Nobody else is going to unlock that stuff but Jesus. And I'm going to promise you, Jesus is not judging the people that are doing it. He knows exactly why they're doing it, and some of it has come down through their generations, or it's come because they've been harmed and hurt, and they basically thumb their nose and flick off the church of Jesus Christ because all they've gotten was judgment. And yet they feel the same nonsense in us. Anybody with me? We're going to have some fun over the next months? Father God, we love you, and we're just thankful that you care that much, that you're going to take us into this this next level of training. We yield to it. We just say yes. I just I thank you, Lord, for the way that you'll cause each teacher to, to bring things that only they can say that way. And so we even thank you for changing the room tonight and just putting couches to kind of help us realize we're in a family room with your word now in our community here. And because of that, you're going to relate to us and you're going to cause us to relate to you and to one another comfortably in family love. And so we just say thank you for what's going to happen over these next months. In Jesus' name, amen.